0: My huge thing is like John 17, Jesus is saying, I want them to have one of heart and mind. And it's like, how do we do that? We can begin to examine and, and bring ourselves fully to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what I don't know and search my heart. And if there's something in here, some bias, implicit bias or what, whatever it is, then Lord, I, I want to be more like you. I want to love like you do. Just maturing in love. The Spirit of God is so faithful. Mm. So faithful. Welcome to the a More Excellent Way podcast with Dr. James and Nicola Hawkins. Here
1: we seek to inspire and equip couples and families to go about their relationship with God and each other
2: in, in a, a more, more excellent way. way.
0: Hey guys. So this week we're actually doing something a little bit different we are sitting down and having a conversation with our friends from more than small talk
1: yeah we got to have a very open and just vulnerable conversation that really moved my heart Mm -hmm. about this current moment in our society specifically around the racial tension in our world and they the ladies did a great job asking some beautiful questions And just giving me a new perspective on how to look at how we can approach this in the context of the Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria kind of analogy that Holly gave. Uh, We hope that this podcast will give you some language and see that we as believers across ethnic lines can do a good job of leaning into the pain and the hopes of this moment.
0: Absolutely. We can definitely get in there and do
1: great work. And our hope, as always on this podcast, is to help you go about your relationships with God and each other in a a more more excellent way.
2: way. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends, we are coming to you today. We ask you what you most wanted to talk about. And you said what is going on in our world right now. And we recognize that's a hard conversation. And so we reached out to James and Nicola Hawkins, who are part of our podcast family through KLRC. They are part of our spiritual family. They are part of our local family because we all live in the same area. So we're not in the same room right now, but I wish we were. And we will be at some point in the future, hopefully soon. So that's what we want all of you to think about right now to imagine we are in your living room together as family. And we are talking about something that really matters right now. So I'm going to let Susie introduce you a bit more to our guests because she has an extra special relationship with them. And then we will get into a healing conversation today. Have you ever met
3: someone and they instantly felt like family? You know, And, and I can honestly say that about James and Nicola. Um, I'm trying to adopt them and their girls just because I love them so much. But I also love what you are doing, James and Nicola. Um, they are the host of the podcast A More Excellent Way uh, under the KLRC uh, podcast family. They also have a Facebook group and it goes beyond that it it is it is growing and flourishing right now I'm watching it and it's called healing conversations James is a counselor at the Joshua Center and Nicola tell me if I'm wrong I believe you are going to be a counselor you're in school full-time right counselor in training yes okay and so and then they have five beautiful girls and so James and Nicola are the real deal as far as their faith and family and um, wisdom. And they've also been on the front lines of the topic of racial injustice for a long time. And so I just want to welcome you. But normally, James and Nicola, this is where we would have a confession question. And, and I'm going to just throw that out the window. Okay. Because, and this is an honest question How are you doing? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no.
1: I, I, I had a feeling that's where she was going to go. Uh, and it's so hard to, to articulate it, but I think the best way I could capture for people, and this is a complicated one. It reminds me of when my family went through the grief of the loss of our grandfather, where there was, of course, just um, a sense of bewilderment and the pain. And just like we expected it, but then it was still so painful. But also in the midst of that, the sweetness of having family around and the support of the community. So it definitely has felt like a grief response. We've had moments where I, I struggled sleeping the past couple of days. I had to slow down and recover because I couldn't read coherent sentences. Um, and even when people, t- I had to cancel clients cause I just knew I couldn't give my clients my best cause I couldn't enter their pain because my pain was too much. And so, but I feel like right now I'm in the midst of recovering tears still high, still are behind my eyes at times. And I can feel them even now, <laughs> but as Nicole is watching me, it's like, she knows I'm going to make them go away. Um, <laughs> yeah, the wind keeps blowing in here, but, um, yeah, so it's just, it's a mix of emotions that reminds me of grief, but grief mm-hmm. where people connect with you in it. So.
3: Nicola.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, you know, how am I earlier this week? Someone said, how are you doing with a capital Y O U and literally it broke the dam. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All the tears just kind of came, you know, and I'd been asked that question before, um, you know, within the past and, you know, I'm like, I was still fine and I was still fine. And I think maybe sometimes I have a slightly delayed response to what's going on. Not, I'm not a number. I don't think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do I? I don't know. Maybe I do. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I kind of like, I'm slow. Because Mm. I'm also sensitive. That's why I say I'm not a number, because I am sensitive and aware to what's going on. And I think in that moment in those moments I'm just like trying to locate myself, locate God in 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 whatever the the, what felt like trauma, not just like as a black person, but just as a country, as a nation. Mm, You know? And then when I see comments start coming in, as 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 a people of God, I think we all find ourselves on a different area. And so like I I tend to absorb and I'm like taking it all in because I I, I tend to reject the nine on the Enneagram. But <laughs> gosh, I think that's definitely where I kind of land. So I'm wanting the peace. And at the same time, I'm wanting to hear the different narratives. and uh, And I take it in and it means something to me. And so my tears do come and I do feel mm-hmm. it. My house is a little bit messier than usual. I'm so thankful this <laughs> week. Two people offered for dinner and none of my pride raised up. And I was like, yes. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, three Kenyak combos and just read it off. And so I am appreciative, like James mentioned, you know, for people seeing that and reaching out and saying, hey, can we how can we support you? Can someone has two our girls right now? You know, Miss mm-hmm. uh, L came and got them and brought two college friends. And, you know, they're at the park kicking soccer. So I'm thankful um, I'm trying to be present with them. I think that's the hardest part: trying to carry this and feeling the heaviness, and also trying to be present with my girls, and then mm-hmm. the stories that they're hearing, and trying to talk them through that, you know, and, and and protect their heart as well as speak truth in a lot of parts. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah thank you for sharing that because I don't know. I think when I think about healing conversations, and I want to talk about that more in just a moment. I don't know that we can have a healing conversation if we don't first ask the other person where they're at.
4: Yeah. And how they're doing.
3: Yeah. You know, so thank you for sharing that. So when we think about a healing conversation, and I did not say Dr. Hawkins.
1: <laughs> Dr.
3: Hawkins I, I need to put that in there. And and he's affectionately known as Doc Hawk. So that's more <laughs> so cool. But James and Nicola, when we think about a healing conversation, what does that look like? But also, I want to flip that question. What gets in the way of a healing conversation right now where we're at with racial injustice and all that's going on?
1: Man, Susie, you had, that's, that is the key question there that many yes. people miss. So you're you're stepping into my therapeutic world right there. <laughs> one, yeah. one quick thing to help your listeners to be able to find us, because there are a lot of Healing Conversations on Facebook. So if you want to even get more targeted, it's Healing Conversations NWA, because we are based, as Holly said, we're based right here in Northwest Arkansas. So Healing Conversations NWA. All right. So what does a Healing Conversation look like and what gets in the way of it? You know, I want to make it very practical for people, so I don't want to go into too much uh, counsel language. But think about a moment when for you, when you've been in a moment of pain and of hurt and you needed someone to respond to you, because that's the beauty of how God wired us. I mean, that's the part that's ironic. There's actually beauty in pain and suffering. And the beauty in pain and suffering is that's when we need to feel connection the most. And that's really that's the transformative connection is that we can be comforted. You know, um, so so think of a time when you needed to be comforted. Maybe you were ill. Maybe there had been a very difficult friendship that that was lost or a friend misunderstood, whatever is just going on. You're just having a spiritual crisis. And then you feel secure enough and safe enough to be able to share that need with a friend or a trusted other or with God. And then what happens is, is when that person hears the pain. And here's the need that you have in the midst of that suffering or whatever you're going through. And then they are able to see it and reflect back to you that they see it and they feel it with you. And then they move towards to say, how can I sit here with you? How can I be here with you? How can I help come under this with you? You don't have to come out of this to be okay with me. You don't have to fix it to be acceptable to me. I won't judge you in it. I just want to know, like, how can I be with you in this place? And as they begin to talk, that allows the other person to drop more into their needs and their vulnerability. Then the other person gets to show up more. And then what happens is it becomes almost like this song and dance where they both dance back and forth in this vulnerability. And what both of them end up feeling like that moment was hard and I would never wish it on anybody. But, whoa, I feel different because of it. That's what a healing conversation is, is when two people can share their vulnerability and respond to each other in vulnerability, and they have success in that place, a new experience that makes them feel safe and connected in the world. Now, the difficult question is, is what blocks it? There are many good reasons for what blocks it. And what usually what a block tells us is a block is mistrust. That's exactly what a block is. A block says, I just don't know if I can go there, that if I allow myself to go there and share it, I'm not quite sure I can trust that you'll respond to me or that you'll even care or that you might judge me or that even if I share it, you're just going to go away and I'm going to feel even worse because not only am I in pain, but now I'm going to also feel rejected. So a block will say, don't go there. Don't let your vulnerability come out. Another block, and I'm just talking general, and I want to get specific to race in a minute, but you'll get it. Another block to a person responding is, it's the same thing. I'm too scared to go there with you. That if I open up my soul and my body, or in counselor terms, we call it your limbic system, that fear system that that reaches for comfort. If I open myself up to you, I'm not sure I can handle it if I open myself up to that place, maybe it'll be overwhelming for me. Maybe if I open myself up to that, maybe it might say something bad about me. And so what I need to do, because I'm just not sure if I can trust that that you'll be able to help me there or I I don't know if I'll be able to come out. I just won't go in. I'll just stay out here in in this safe place. And what I want to do is kind of talk you out of the hole. And maybe you come out to where I feel safe or. What I do is I have to make your pain go away. So I either argue it away, I invalidate it. Mm -hmm. I tell you that it's fake, that it's not real. And that's not really to do anything. It's not even to educate you. It's not even to help you. Many times for people, what that is, is that it's their own self-protective move. Mm -hmm. And what I tell people is you cannot have protection and connection at the same time. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with God. It's the same thing in your marriage. It's the same thing with your kids. It's the same. I cannot try and protect myself. Mm -hmm. And also want intimate connection with other. Now, I want to validate, though, the good reasons in this race part. So let me go back. Some of the blocks in race are for the minority community. I'm just not sure if my people from the majority culture or white culture, whatever you want to say. I'm not sure if I open it up, you even want to see it. I'm not sure if I open it up and I show it to you, if you'll even care. Um, if you even really want to know. And then the other block I see from what kind of not then when I say these terms, I'm speaking generally and I know that. And if it fits for you, great. Grab it and let God help heal you in that place. If it doesn't fit for you, keep moving. Right. Um, But for, for in white culture, what ends up happening, the block comes up is I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen the world this way. That's not my experience of America. That's not my experience of the church. What are you talking about? I don't see race. Well, okay, that's you because that's part of being the majority, right? Um, Or it could be, that's not what my pastor has said. I've never heard him preach and talk about that. So that that leaves them in this place of, I don't know. But also I think another block is is if we are in in America, we pride ourselves on knowing and accomplishing and achieving an intellectual ascent. So if somebody brings up something that takes me into this place, I don't know. I don't know is a feeling state. I don't know is scary. I don't know is like going, it's like walking on the water to Jesus. It's the unknown. And some of us just, we can't handle that. That is so fearful. And so what we do is you call me out into the great unknown and I say, I can't do that. I got to stay in the boat. I can't Mm -hmm. go. I can't, Hey, I'm in the boat. I'm secure. I can't come out there on the water to save you. Just please swim harder. And so we send that swim harder message, try harder, do better. Another block too, I think it it, 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 is shame. That's the big one I think comes up around race is guilt and shame. And I, and this is controversial. I think, Shame has a functional place in the kingdom of God. And I know that's made land funny on some people. What do I mean? A functional part of shame is saying like that thing, that place is awful. That's nasty. I don't ever want to be that. I don't want to do that. Where shame is dysfunctional, it says I did a horrible thing. Now I have to go away in condemnation. That's where shame becomes completely dysfunctional. dysfunctional. Um, But I don't want to go back to my sin because I know what that did. And maybe some people say that's guilt, fine, whatever semantics, we'll go with that. But what I don't want in this race conversation that happens is, is when the minority community reaches out to someone that they trust and that they hope will be there in the majority culture or white culture. And that and that white person goes away either in shame where it's either their pain takes over and they feel that. And then what happens is, is even though they, they they're feeling it and that's okay, you can have that pain and that shame. But also it's like, how can I feel my pain and my shame, but still stay with my brother and sister in Christ who might be reaching out to me? Because that's where a healing conversation can happen. We both can, but I cannot leave that person's pain because of my own pain. Or it's because I feel shame in me. Because what we do with shame is we typically try to push it off. We should defend ourselves against shame. Who wants to be alone in a dark place where you feel not only it's just a feeling, shame is also a false model of self from from, this, from the pit of hell, right? Because shame says you are irredeemable. Mm-hmm. And so who wants to go there? So I want to validate, I hope as people say this, like, how is this black man saying this to me? I want you to know that the reason why we walk in healing conversations is, is I've taken time, and this is the beauty of what we need in the body of Christ. I take time to consider what it feels like for everybody in this space. Right. Regardless yeah. of what my ethnic upbringing is doing, because my hope and why I do that is I want to foster healing conversation. And so right. I can see the good reasons for your protection. Can you also see the good reasons for my protection? And can you see what's under my protection? So even though my protection might hurt you and put you in a bad place, this is where it gets harder for people in a relationship. If you could turn towards me and tell me you see my protection and the very good reasons I probably have to protect myself, I will open my vulnerability up to you. Yeah. So that that's I'll- the, lo- that's the counselor explanation of the, mm-hmm. of the, uh, of the pattern yeah. and the blocks.
3: I love it that, you know, Holly and Jennifer and I were talking before we, before you came on with us and she was talking about kind of, and Holly's also a counselor Yeah, and, that's right. and brain science and, and we just, we love to soak in all of her wisdom.
1: We still but love you Holly- here at the Joshua Center. I still hear about you, Holly. <laughs>
2: the joshua center that's for our listeners probably don't know i started out at the joshua center when i practiced as a counselor it was the same place james is at so i love the joshua center lots of amazing folks there yeah
3: yeah well holly can you share what you shared with us
2: about judea and
3: jerusalem and
2: yeah so and y'all can tell me you're crazy but um when i think about any kind of You know, meaningful transformational change. I think of how Jesus invited us to go to Jerusalem and Judea and then the ends of the earth. So, whenever I try to engage in anything, I try to use that model. So, to me, our Jerusalem is the people in our immediate lives, like our family around the dinner table, people at church. You're in our Jerusalem because we are family through our community and our podcast. And we start there and we say, how can I come alongside the people in my Jerusalem? Mm. And then together we say, how do we go to Judea, which is our community, you know? So for us, all of us are seeking to impact Northwest Arkansas together. And I hope that happens through this conversation. I hope that this opens the door for us to do that even more in other ways in the future. You know, we love y'all. We want to to be a part of our community together. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the ends of the earth, which to me is, you know, addressing things on a national level or social media, you know, kind of that ends of the earth. And where I see people getting tripped up is either they stay in Jerusalem. They talk about it at their dinner table with people who think the exact same way they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never go to Judea or the ends of the earth mm. or Jerusalem, you know, the immediate, those hard vulnerable face-to-face conversations are so scary mm-hmm. <laughs> that they jump straight to the ends of the earth, yes. post something on social media and call it good. Mm-hmm. And so I think that model is given to us for a purpose, you know, that, that we need to have those face-to-face vulnerable conversations like we're having here, like we have with our loved ones, then we need to consider how do we impact our community through that? And then how do we impact larger issues together? Because when you pull that apart, it feels like that's where some important elements get lost. Either we focus too much on individuals at the expense of issues, or we focus too much on issues at the expense of individuals. Mm So that is one big reason why we're here, because that's what I believe in, long term partnerships and saying, like, you know, what do we do in all these different ways? So, yeah. yeah. So we were talking about that before the call. So that's that's what Susie was referencing. So that's you have beautiful.
3: On
1: that? uh, that's that's beautiful. That's comprehensive. It captures all of the pieces. Right. Because you can't lose any part of that. If you lose any part of that, it all falls apart. Um, as, I think I, I'll steal from Dr. Tony Evans on that one. It takes individuals to make up families. It takes families to make up communities. It takes, it takes families to make up churches, to take churches to make up communities and, and, and communities to make up regional areas and cities and, and the states and ultimately the kingdom of God. That's a very systemic view of how we engage this and how I mean, even what I often hear in this one too. another block that comes up is, well, I don't know what to do. If you're calling me out to the great unknown, something where I also feel a little guilt, I don't know. And I'm not even quite sure if I understand what you're saying, then I don't know what to do. And that can feel very disempowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what you just said there, Holly, it gives me ability of I don't have to only worry about Samaria. because Sometimes everybody's like. I got to do Samaria or the uttermost parts. Like I got to do something to change the world. Right. And if I'm not changing the world, then what I have to bring to Jesus is just of inconsequential, Right. you know? Right. Yeah. But it's saying like, even my two mites in Jerusalem or whatever, right. The little is like me doing things with my family matters. And that is the foundational part is working with our family. Can I tell you a, a quick story, a, fr- a friend like to touch on that, that uh, Jerusalem part. I had a friend who called me and he's a faithful brother in Christ. And he said, James, I trust you on this. A hundred percent. He says, "Um, I've been watching everything that's going on. My boys are seeing it and my boys are asking me questions and I don't know what to do. And so God just gave me some discernment in that. And I know him and I said, hey, I think a part of this is, is you're struggling to know how to talk with your boys about this because you're scared of how this is going to hurt their view of themselves. Like if I go into this conversation, are they going to start thinking them as white people are bad people? He said, yeah, that's exactly it. Does it mean that my boys have to see themselves as evil and bad to enter in this conversation? But he also feels the tension of, but as a father, I don't want to be unfaithful. I want my boys to be equipped to be a part of this and to know what's going on. And so, me and him just walk through just what you said, Holly, how to have those Jerusalem conversations at their home, um, what resources he can have to be able to do those Jerusalem conversations at home. And so, and that matters because now I believe because what I'm afraid of, and me and uh, another friend here at the Joshua Center talked about. We're not just worried about this present moment. Everybody gets caught up in the in the moment. Mm-hmm. What I'm concerned about is the last thing I want to see is that, and this one gets personal like to Susie and I, you know we have you know we have these kids, and Susie has these grandkids. The last thing I want is four generations down the road that our family line is looking down a rifle at each other, and some people say, "Oh, you're going too far. The Civil War happened, people." And you want to know this culture of contempt that we have, we look down the rifle at each other when we type on our keyboards. Mm-hmm. We look down the rifle at each other when we only characterize each other in the worst possible place. And we assign a position to a person that they wouldn't even ascribe to. We're looking down the rifle at each other saying, I have to destroy your I have to destroy you and your viewpoint to defend my place. We are in a spiritual civil war already in the body of Christ. It's just not many people are are able to see it. So I'm sorry, I just had this. that's what I see the Jerusalem Judea, And that happened because of family breakdown and because families broke down, churches broke down, communities broke down. And that's how racism and any kind of bias and prejudice was able to continue on for so many generations in America.
3: And I don't know why I'm so weepy, um, but what I do know, I have hope, I have hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have hope. I have hope in the concept of healing conversations. I have hope in the concept of healing. And I don't think that healing's easy. You know, I went to physical therapy this morning and they twisted me all right. kinds of ways. Yes. Mm. And they they Thank punched you. those, not punched, I don't, but they pushed those sore spots and they mm. they made me do things that my body was saying, Stop. I don't know that I can do that. Yeah. And yet. Going through breast cancer, this is part of healing because if I want to be whole again, then I have to, I, I have to go through the recovery process. And so, I, I'm thankful for the healing conversations that you are having. I'm thankful for this conversation. And as we end this,
1: can um, I say real quick, Susie? I'm, I know I want to. This is a counselor interrupt. I hate lit and attachment. Pain and hope are not mutually exclusive. Right. People try and treat it that way. Pain and hope can, are not mutually exclusive. Actually, they go together. I, yeah, I, yeah.
3: Which is why I'm crying. I have such, you know, I feel the pain. I have such hope. And and so I want to make sure that people can find you. Please listen to A More Excellent Way podcast. You can go to klrc.com slash podcast. You can find them there. Uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts in the whole world. And... They go in, they talk about marriage, and they go deep and dig into relationships and and attunement, how to love one another well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Healing conversations draws us to love each other well as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I see this beautiful thread that goes through your ministry. Healing Conversations NWA on Facebook, correct?
1: Yep, that's correct. A
3: more Excellent Way on iTunes, all of the app, all of the apps, they're, they're there. And then klrc.com slash podcast. Is there any other place that they can find you both?
1: Yeah, I think those are the best ones. Okay. Those are the best all
2: right well I, I just have one more question absolutely <laughs> it's Been uh on my heart as i've been just like praying and preparing for this call and it's one we tend to ask each other a lot and i'm asking this you nicole and james as your family mm-hmm. how can we love you well right now yeah oh my gosh
1: you want to take this one <laughs> i want to say let me validate what you're doing right now this is loving us well because what i think many people need to see out there is this is your platform that you know god's given you all and many people, because of, they're afraid of the lightning rod that this conversation is, they protect their platform by not going here. So the fact that all of you are established authors, speakers, podcasters, and you say, no, we're going to lean into this. We're not avoiding the pain. I want to say this is like self-care. You're allowing us to share our story. There is healing when we can share stories. And that's the beauty of sm- us uh, more than small talk is you let us come into your fourth chair or your fourth block on Zoom and you allowed <laughs> us to share. Uh, with you. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, I think continuing to have healing conversations is healing for for me in a way. Uh, I think prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to miss uh, the kingdom of heaven in any of this. I want my brothers and sisters of all ethno language. I want them all all in here. All just having a dialogue, having a conversation just kind of we're heaven bound, mm. you know, and my huge thing is like John 17. Jesus is saying, I want them to have one of heart and mind. And it's like, how do we do that? We can begin to examine and, and bring ourselves fully to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what I don't know and search my heart. And if there's something in here, some bias, implicit bias or what whatever it is, then, Lord, I I want to be more like you. I want to love like you do just maturing in love and maturing in that ways, how we, how we connect. And, and the spirit of God is so faithful, Mm. so faithful. Mm. And I think when we bring ourselves to the spirit of God, into the word of God, that he is able, he's willing, he delights in giving us heavenly wisdom. (laughs) And so we don't have to stay stuck um, what we don't know, um, mm. we don't have to stay stuck in the in a places of fear. We don't have yeah. to stay stuck with our voices. I think that's one of the areas where I'm like, I'll have conversations with you at home, but I don't want to yeah. go to the Judea and uh, Samaria. Yeah. Like I'm not putting anything on Facebook about, you know, but then I realized yeah. that, you know, Lord, this past week, couple of weeks, it's just like, I have to go beyond my personal marker. You know, um, and so when we talk about that place of of pain. It's learning to sit in the place of pain.
2: Mm. Your
0: body is going to feel it. It's going to feel uncomfortable, just like you say, going through that physical therapy or, you know, you're going to feel all the pain. Can you be OK? Can you trust that God can meet you in that place of pain, in a place of hurt, in a place of I don't really know. I'm concerned, though. I, I care. Can we trust that God can meet us in those spaces? Because I, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you He can.
2: Mm.
0: He's met me there. This week, a young lady I saw her make a post on Facebook, and I was like, "I know where she lives." I said, "I connected. I connected with her in a place that we usually connect." And then I said, eh, "Feel free to 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 reach out to me." You know, she went. In my DM, I was like, oh, OK, yes. All right. And so I read through it and and she's talking about the things of God and the things of heaven and and that are raised and, and our ethnicity and all that matters. How can I pray for you? She asked even, you know, and so in that space, I got to have a conversation and a dialogue with her that was very healing for both me and for her. And then the point like I got you anytime you need a place to talk, anytime you need prayer, I got you. You know, and that to connect with my sister on a deeper level like that. It's just like heaven, heaven on earth, your will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I'm so thankful um, for the spirit of God to even use specific words when we were typing. Nothing is lost in God's economy. (laughs) You know, God is going to use all of what's going on in some way or the other. And if it's causing us pain and hurt and confusion, he can meet us there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. So well,
2: that. A, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And yeah. I think you know, freedom to speak, freedom to love, freedom to mm-hmm. be vulnerable. So, mm-hmm. Jennifer, I feel like God has given you a ministry of spreading a spirit of freedom. So, would you pray for us? Just- I was yeah. going to do the same
4: thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I wanted to say, <laughs> um, just coming from a leadership aspect, I know that you guys are poured out right now. So I want to pray over you because yes. when we leave in pain and grief, because everybody's looking to you and saying, lead me in this, but it's broken and it's hurt and you're exhausted and you're tired. And there's something about a soul um, exhaustion that is different from just needing a good night's sleep. Right? You know? Yes. <laughs> just want to pray over you, just healing and rest for your soul, because I know you're tired. Mm-hmm. I know you're on the front lines. I know that you're giving everything that you can and probably feel like you're poured out and then some. So I just, and man, that's hard. Like from a leadership perspective, it is very, very hard to lead in chaos, you know, right? (laughs) So you guys are coming with the truth and you're coming with, you guys are so well equipped, but you're tired. So I'm going to pray over you and pray for just more freedom, more healing conversations, um, more boldness, um, because God is just able to do what we need and to work through you guys in new ways and ways that you never dreamed possible. And then some, because I don't think it's just going to stop with Northwest Arkansas. I believe that God's going to just expand what you're doing because people are coming because they want to learn from you. So let's Mm -hmm. pray. God, I just thank you that you are a God of freedom. You are a God of healing. God, I pray right now for James and Nicola. I pray that you would just. Um, surround them with a shield right now. God, I pray that as they are leading the way in these conversations, that people would be so in tune to listen, that this wouldn't just be their voice, but it's your voice speaking through them. So God, I pray over their family. I pray over their uh, ministry, over their marriage, over their children right now. I pray that you would just surround them with like a shield right now. And give them everything that they need to do what you've called them to do. God, I pray that you would just help us to be listeners. but God, help us to be doers. As you prompt our hearts to have these conversations, I pray that we would be bold. And that we would be listening. And that we would be lead in humility. God, I thank you that you are a, a God that just brings us together and unites us as family. So God, we just submit to you. And we surrender these hard things to you. And we want to be used by you. So God, I pray that you would do deep healing works and my brothers and my sisters and help Mm -hmm. us to be your voice Mm -hmm. when we're tired, when we're exhausted, when we don't have anything else to give Mm -hmm. in your precious name, I pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.
0: We hope that you have been inspired and equipped to go about your relationship with God and others in a more excellent way. Please subscribe to our podcast and rate us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at a more excel way and check out our website at a more excellent wayrelationship.com. Visit
4: klrc.com to learn more about the more excellent way.